Gittin, Perik Base, Mishnah Hay, 2.5, and the Mishnah's first topic here is who may write a get. So the Mishnah says, Hakol k'sherin lichtov es get, anybody can write a get, afilu cheresh shota v'katan. Even a cheresh, a cheresh is a deaf mute. The truth is that cheresh really means just someone who's deaf, but in the context of these three, it means someone who's both deaf as also unable to speak, and therefore it's assumed that they lack das, because we don't know what, they have no ability to communicate, we assume that they don't have mental competency. The shota is someone who is mentally incompetent. That means that they're mentally unwell to the point they can't be held responsible for their actions. And the katan is a child less than bar bat mitzvah, who again is assumed to not be mentally competent, meaning they're not responsible for their actions. So these three people, um, says the Mishnah, can write a get also. Now there's numerous interpretations of what exactly is happening here in the Gemara. The Bartanura learns, like the Rambam, that actually the only that it only permits a Khershotvakatan to write the part of the bet the get called the Tofes, just the the form that's sort of standard on every get, the legal yada yada. That's the part that a a um a can write. And even then, since they lack das, and the requirement is that a get must be written lishma for the sake of the person from whom we're writing it, and people who lack das are incapable of achieving anything lishma, doing anything lishma, they haven't got sufficient mental capacity. So for the cases we're talking about where the chereshot of are writing the tofes part of the get, and there is a mentally competent Jewish adult, we'll call him the husband for our purposes here, who is um, standing beside this uh, the person writing the get, the, the tofes part, and telling them, you're writing this for the sake of so-and-so. And since they don't, since the cheresh, shota, or katan don't have um, das, their thoughts are not considered legally significant. And therefore, if they're writing at the best an instruction of an adult Jew, so then it's, un, it's assumed that they're writing that the adult Jew's intentions and his desire to make it lishma for the sake of the particular couple who's getting divorced, um, can be imputed, can be understood to be what's what's driving this get, so that would be called the Shema. But according to the Rambam and the Bartanura, the Toref, the essential part of the get, the first part which says his and her name and where they're from, so that part cannot be written by a Cheroshot Vakatan, even Bidiyavid, and it will be unkosher. So this is the Shulchan Aruch Paskins, um, and the Ramah is even more strict. The Ramah learns that, notwithstanding our Mishnah, a Cheresh, Shota, or Katan cannot write a get, not even the Tofes, and not even the Tofes with a um, a, uh, a Jew, an adult Jew, standing beside them telling them what to do. The reason why is because it's a separate Din Durban, and we're afraid that if people allow the Tofes to be written by a Cheresh, Shota, or Katan, even with a Jew standing by, then they'll come to write the Torah as well, and the Torah can never be kosher if it's written by someone who has a gadas, um, even if a Jew is standing by them. The Mishnah continues, Ha'isha koseves gita, va'ish koseves shovaro. The Mishnah said that anyone can write a get, and we say now even a woman can write her own get. So that would mean that, let's say the husband's incapable of writing it for whatever reason, and let's say she can, so he would... If he would tell the wife, by his instruction, to write a get lishma for her divorce, and then he has to own the get, so she'd have to transfer it um, into his possession. Once he owns that get, and it's his legally, he could then give it to her, and that would be yes-binding. 
And as far as the, the man writing his shovar, so a shovar is a receipt that a man would receive normally from the wife after she receives her ksuva payment. So it's like a receipt. She says, I've received the 200 zuz from my husband. He then would keep that receipt in case later on she would claim that she never received her payments of her ksuba, he would show the receipt as proof that he did. So here we're saying that the man could write his own receipt, again, so he'd write the words, something like, as if he were the woman, saying, I have received 200 zuz from my husband. And then he would give it to her, and she would then give it back to him, having it signed by witnesses that she, in fact, gave it to him, that, and she intended to give him a receipt. And that also would be binding. Why? Because she ain't kiyumaget, because the validation of a get, here let's talk about a get being specifically the divorce document, happens with only by virtue of its signatory. So the simple reading of this mission would be we're going like Rebbe Meir. Rebbe Meir is the one who held that it's the Ede Chasima that are Korsi, what effects a get and gives it its legal power is the witnesses signing on it. And therefore, who cares who writes it? Even if she writes her get, if um, there are kosher witnesses who have signed it, so then they're the ones who are the ones who make a binding. It doesn't matter that she wrote it. Um, according to Rav Lazar and Rabbi Lazar, who is the the halacha goes like him. Uh, if we want to read our mission like that, we would understand that when we talk about the chosmav, it's signatories. We mean the people who were the witnesses who saw the handing over of the get from him to her, because it's the ede mesira that are karsi. It's the witnesses that observe the handing over of the get to the wife, which make it legally binding. But since they are the ones anyways who normally will be the ones who sign on the get, as we explained for Tikkun Olam, so people could know who the witnesses were who witnessed the handing over the get, they're really one of the same people typically. And therefore we're saying, we're referring to those people who are the witnesses watching the handing over as its signatories. Same really would apply also, um, all the more so when it comes to the shovar, the receipt, because the other receipt is simply um, for biru, it's just an evidence that he paid. And therefore, as long as you have kosher witnesses, they're the ones who make the get excuse me, the um, the shovar, the receipt, now sort of um, useful and, and defensible, allowing him to not have to pay a second time. So therefore, it doesn't matter who wrote it, as long as he has kosher witnesses who signed it, it's a effective receipt that would prevent him from making that second payment. The mission now turns to discuss who can deliver a get, as opposed to write the get. And it says, HaKolk Sheren Lahavi Es get. Anybody can be the one who brings the get. Chutz Mecheresot Vekatan Vesuma Venachri. The same list of three, the Cher, Shot, Vakatan, can't act as the agents, the Shlichim, who deliver the get, because by virtue of the fact that they are not B'nai Da'as, they don't have mental competence as far as the law is concerned, so therefore they can't be empowered as Shlichim, as agents, therefore they can't act as agents to deliver the get. The Suma, the blind person, the truth is that a Suma, someone who's blind, is perfectly mentally competent, uh, and therefore is perfectly able to be appointed to be a Shliach. So... There's an interesting Gemara discussion in the Gemara on this point, and fascinately, it, it's between Rav Sheshis and Rav Yosef, both of whom were blind. Um, but in any case, the upshot is that a Suma, a blind person, um, certainly can deliver a get, but not if the blind person is transporting it across the border. Because recall, once he crossed the border, he has to say, Bufane Nechta, Bufane Nechtam. And since the blind person can't say that he witnessed it being written and signed because he witnessed nothing. He couldn't see anything. So therefore, we can't make the declaration. So the blind person cannot deliver a get across the border, but he could deliver it within Eretz Yisrael. Venachri, and also a Gentile. Now, a Gentile um, is invalid to be a delivery, that the agent 
but delivering a get for two separate reasons. First of all, there's no such thing as shlichus when it comes to Gentiles. You cannot appoint a Gentile as your agent, period. Um, there's a second reason, which is, aside from that, since the laws of Gittin and Kedushin don't apply to non-Jews, that's not how their marriage works, so therefore they can't be agents to affect marriage or divorce. Now, the Gemara focuses only on that second reason, which at first you might think is peculiar because the first reason is more bedrock fundamental. They just can't be shalichim in the first place. But um, that would then, the second reason teaches you a separate thing, which is when it comes to an Eved, a Jewish slave, meaning a, uh, an Eved Kanani, so like a quasi-Jewish slave, not a full Jew. So the halacha is they cannot act as agents to deliver Gittin and, and um, Gittin. Now the reason why is because they don't have marriage and divorce in the same way that a regular full-blown Jew does. However, an Eved can be a shliach in other matters. So the point here is that the, the, both the, the um, Eved Kanani and the Nochri have a similar reason why they cannot be uh, agents, which is the rules of divorce that we don't apply to them. Therefore, they can't be agents to affect a divorce. And that's why the Mishnah, when it says Nochri, non-Jew, um, the Gemara's explanation is that they just can't do it for that reason.